as an entity, as a business, you really do need to know that 360 view of your client's behavior. And if that data is locked away in systems and doesn't let you connect it easily with other information you have about your client, then you're really limited to apply and use that data. Hello and a very warm welcome to this, our second series of transformation stories from the award-winning Valtec Cafe. Last year, we spoke to more than 25 global brands and industry experts about their experiences of digital transformation. And this series is no different. From airlines to retailers, manufacturers to healthcare companies, this is a podcast series that strips away the digital buzzwords and challenges what we all thought we knew about our industry. Covering topics from the circular economy to customer experience, emerging tech to composable architectures, we're removing the filters and getting to the bottom of what's really going on in digital today. I'm Tizzy Philp, and welcome to the podcast. With the ambition to deliver the best possible experiences for their users and to derive new revenue opportunities for themselves in the process, brands are understandably turning to their data to look for the answers. But to deliver the experiences that add the most value requires a genuine understanding of your customer data. As we scale to new heights and connected, omni-channel offerings, we're only adding to the complexity that brands need to deal with. So how can we make sense of the data we're collecting? How can we derive real value from it today? And how can we use those insights to plan for tomorrow too? To help answer some of those questions, I'm really happy to be joined by John Allen and Per Rasmussen, two experts in the field of data transformation, to cover a myriad of data-based topics. So John and Per, a very warm welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. As ever, let's begin with some introductions because I just gave a very brief overview there. So John, I'm going to come to you first. Tell us more about you and your experience. Uh, well, again, thank you for inviting me. It's great to be here talking with you and Pear on a, on a topic that, yes, as you say, it's it's my bread and butter. Um, <laughs> I've been involved in data, uh, mainly with very large organizations, global organizations for about the last 10 to 15 years. In my current role, I'm really looking at how organizations can unlock their data, that they can give access to their users and their broader business uh, to their data assets in an effective and safe way using technology really to enable that that access to, to the wider community. And as a background, I'm a technologist, I'm a techie, I've been in computing uh, my whole career, so I'm, I'm one of those lucky people that uh, for my day job, I, I do what I used to do when I was a kid playing at home. So uh, this is a topic I love talking about, and uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it'll be an interesting conversation. Good. So we're going to get lots out of you. Thanks, John. <laughs> so, Per, let's come to you then. Tell us more about you and your experience to date, too. Yes, thank you, Susie. So I, I come from uh, a, a slightly different background and we're ending the same place. I've mainly worked with with e-commerce and digital businesses uh, over the past 20 years. So uh, running digital businesses in large organizations and making the, the digital transformation that has been taking place in many places. And uh, now for the past years as a more strategic advisor and in all the discussions that we uh, have had over the past years and it's just in every conversation now we are talking about 
how data is one of the core enablers of running a digital business and creating something that is best in class and you have the ability to to beat your competitors really so so that's my background well welcome to you pair as well and with both of you we should be able to answer some pretty significant questions together so john let's get into the conversation here and start by talking about the kinds of challenges that businesses are facing when it comes to understanding their customer or understanding their users generally through data thanks for that that's a big question and i think starting strong Yes, the challenges do vary depending on on the scale of the organisation, obviously, and the type of business uh, and sector you operate in. And my background, I've been working in highly regulated industries uh, with global organisations, which which brings a very unique set of challenges. And some of them, you you'd sort of we could have been having this conversation maybe ten years ago, and some of these would resonate back then too. And that comes from the scale that, that, that these sorts of organizations are dealing with. But it's, it's as relevant as businesses have become more digitized. They have more IT being at the heart of the interface between the customer and the business. And the, one of the biggest challenges I see today is organizations just being able to understand where their data is. Right? Where, where's their data, data located? And do they really understand that data? Do they, do they know how to bring that data together? into uh, a rich and useful sort of data set and view upon the business. And these, these are, as I say, these are quite common challenges. They, they, they sometimes get wrapped up into concepts such as data discovery. Can we find the data we need? Do we understand the data? Is the data of the right quality? But also, do we have enough data about our data? So do we understand the, the nature of the data that we're looking at and we're trying to use? So and this, this brings in concepts such as personal identifiable information and protection and privacy and things like that. So some of those are sort of foundational concerns. But I think one of the, the, the newer challenges that we're seeing organizations recognizing is in the past, data was something that was very carefully curated and prepared and sort of massaged and presented to the business. And with that effort, which the focus was really to address some of those quality concerns, but with that effort comes time and delay. And and businesses today need insights and need to know what's happening in their business and specifically in this conversation, so with that interaction with their customers, they need to know immediately. They can't wait months for dashboards or reports to be updated with the latest information or the latest signals coming from from their various channels. And and to address that sort of problem, to bring that information into the hands of business users, and I'll touch a bit on, on, on that sort of who's consuming the data in a moment, but to do that in a way that doesn't involve weeks and months of a sort of traditional technology function getting involved building reports, trying to access and and prepare the data is a real challenge that organizations are looking at now and saying that the business and and digital businesses need to be able to to respond in, if not real time, you know, very quickly to changes. And to do that, we need to to make that data available to the business in in a way that doesn't leverage the old approaches, the old sort of traditional IT data warehousing approaches, 
and also makes it much more of a democracy. So this data democratization is a term that perhaps you've heard of, and 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 it, a lot of these terms in the industries get thrown around, and I think you can attach a lot of meaning to them. But for me, that that is that everyone in the organization should really be able to find a question that, that, that you know we all we all have questions in what our day jobs whatever we're doing and be able to self-serve the answer to be able to go and do some research and for that research almost or that analysis to be unique analysis that they're not relying on some pre-generated report that they're able to find data to help them answer those questions and trust the data that they're using. So for me, that's one of the big parts of data democratization. It's about putting data in the hands of really everyone in an organization. And I think my last point here would be that as you start to do that, you're shifting an organization to be a data culture, to be data centric. So everyone starts thinking about self-serving their own their own needs around data and analysis rather than just the verified few or the regulatory reports or the or or you know or relying on a large IT project to try and serve up some insight so for me those are some of the big challenges i think i see today all organizations regardless of sector are, are really trying to uh, come up with answers to yeah those are some great points and i think we've we've talked a lot about you know, this data conversation has been going on for a long time now. Companies, brands, however big, small, whatever industry, they have made great efforts to find ways to collect data. You know, they think they're doing undergoing a data transformation because suddenly they have all this data that they didn't have before. But the really important thing is knowing then what to do with that data. Why do you think it's so hard to know, for companies to know where their data comes from? Why do you think they're struggling so much to aggregate and find and understand the sources of all of their data, John? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I think most organizations are not just starting from scratch. It may be obvious, but, you know, everyone's got legacy. And as we as we digitize, as we transform, what we end up with is a long tail of, of legacy systems that are still critical to, to, to the organization's operations, right? At no point do we ever sort of manage to just move to the nirvana of a new way of doing data or a new way of, of handling data or presenting data. So, so firstly, organizations are complicated and they have a lot of systems, especially at the scale that I traditionally work in. But, but even if you've got a very sort of focused business, if you've got multiple regions, multiple sales channels, you can have multiple IT systems. And, and it's quite easy for those, those different sources of data to become a bit of a sprawl. And in each one of those systems, even if it's something as simple as maybe some sort of sales capture system, the representation of the data in those systems is going to be different, even though from a business perspective, they're all doing exactly the same thing. Right. So, so that I think is one of the inherent challenges, and I think it, you know it's, it's probably one of the things that the business recognise people wanting to consume data recognise that the data is coming from lots of different places, and therefore it's embedded and locked into lots of different IT systems. But I think one of the things that's that's probably not well as well understood is the effort and challenge in in extracting that data and making that data manipulatable, uh, you know, usable. Frankly, we haven't done a very good job in IT in making data particularly accessible. When you look how we now expect apps to work on our phone, 
or how we expect uh, the applications we use through through websites, the, the level of ease of use. That really just doesn't apply to data at a foundational level. It still requires sort of specialist skills, specialist technologies, and specialist understanding. So I think that's one of the challenges around the, you know, why, why, is, why is the fact that we've got lots of different places that we're capturing information from, why is that giving us a, a headache? And why is that giving us and leading to cost and delay? And it's one because the technology, we focus mainly on serving that kind of immediate need, whatever that IT system's doing, if it's that sales or that website or, or that CRM system. And, and as we've introduced more of those into the environment, we really are uh, increasing the, the cost and effort of then sort of bringing that data into one place. And in some case it's not even bringing it to one place but it's making it so that we understand it and we're able to connect that data to, to to build insights so i think that's that's one of the biggest challenges is just complexity within the organization and the fact that the it tools haven't been provided traditionally to mm-hmm. make it a simple affair to find that data and to understand it well and that's actually a perfect segue john uh, it's like it's like you planned it because uh, per I mentioned that in the introduction about the added complexity that we're seeing as we move towards these connected experiences across all touch points. You know, something we see all the time in the work that we do, connecting across touch points online, offline, cross device, you know, this full omni-channel experience. That ultimately is resulting in even more sources of data, more feeds coming into the organization that obviously need to be consolidated. Where do companies even begin then to make sense of all of this? Yeah, and I agree. It's the complexity is 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 increasing, and and to build on on the points you you were you were raising here, John, we've seen a move where we want to create insight. We want to understand our business through data uh, across the different silos that we have. And now the next wave that we see is that we want to use the data not just internally by employees. But use it to uh, differentiate the the experience that a customer gets when they touch the company on one of the touch points, and that means that it's just becoming even more complex because now we need to consolidate data from different channels. We need to understand what a customer has done on a website, on an app, what they have done in our shops in our call centers and so on. And we need to be able to understand that in milliseconds in order to deliver back to the customer a real-time signal on what the most relevant content or product we can show for this specific customer. So we are moving into a situation where the silos need to be connected in what you could call a a central brain of our customer data. We want to have a common memory where we have our customer data and be able to use that. And and it should be in real time. And that's one of the complex things right now. And that's just, that's just difficult. And uh, (laughs) we, yeah, yes. Come on, John. Oh no, just laughing because yes, it's 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 one that keeps keeps us fully employed. That one doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And you know what we see is that this is one of the big challenges that many of the organizations we are talking to are um, are struggling with. And 
one of the challenges is that we are moving from uh, working with, with, with data that we want to use for analysis and that is, is describing our company and what we're doing inside the company to working with data that we are capturing directly from our customers in, in the way that they're interacting uh, with us as a company. And it is two different ways of, of working and, and that's why this requires a organizational change and new processes of working in the channels that are working with the interfaces where we are touching our customers, whether it's a call center or an online shop or what it is. So before we go on to talk about some tangible examples, then it'd be really interesting to hear about you know some specific industry examples of where this customer data is is across different touch points is so valuable. But just picking up on something you mentioned there, Pear, obviously companies are undergoing a digital transformation across all sectors. We're seeing it everywhere. As they start to develop their digital capabilities, introduce new touch points, introduce you know better offerings for their customers, driven by customer demand, really they need to have this data understanding nailed down before they embark on that journey. Or can they do it at the same time? Can you do one without the other? Can you still generate the best experience unless you have your data set up completely nailed? Yes, this is a journey where you're moving through different stages of maturity. Data needs to be a fundamental part of this growth journey that a company is taking. And in the first phases, data is mainly used to create insights and decision-making. So understanding why customers are acting in certain ways so that you can change afterwards. And then you grow that to a level where you start creating some mechanisms that changes smaller things and you predict by looking at customer behavior that if we have a customer that acts like this, then we will present something that we feel is is the best choice here to this specific customer. So there's a growth there from using insights from data and then acting to starting to make some some rule-based things that changes the experience that the customer will get. And then you reach a point where you cannot manage that set of rules. It just becomes overwhelming. You create more and more and you can't manage them. And that's where you move into a space where you need to, to build more complex algorithm using some of the technologies that we now see is available and useful in scale where we put in machine learning algorithm and and uh, similar things to make predictions on what the right choice will be and that's where we come closer to the personalization of uh, what each customer will uh, experience i'm going to go on in a second to bring you back in john and to talk about the organizational challenge of data. But first of all, I'm just wondering if there are any, from either of you, great examples of where going on this data journey has been transformative for a company or brand in any way. If you look at retail and you analyze how retailers are developing their business, I think there's two groups here. The front runners in retail, they have really taken the step of 
wanting to own the first party data, owning the relationship with their, their customer by owning the data that describes their customer. And they are heavily investing in that with the ambition of reaching a level of personalization because they believe that the future customer will be across all their, their channels and they want to serve them as good as they might be able to do with the best people in a shop. The same experience should appear if they touch the company's website or web shop. So that's one group that really invest here. And then there's another group that is more fast followers on, on this and haven't really um, taken the investment. So retail is moving fast in some companies right now, fueled by the COVID crisis that has just made it even more relevant to, to, mm -hmm. be, to be good in this channel. Yeah, and, uh, you probably have other examples. I know insurance is something completely else. Yeah, Per, I, I think you're absolutely right that, that all organizations really recognizing that the need to own the raw materials that allow them to gain that insight around their customers and their customers' behavior. It's interesting because it sort of moves slightly opposing to some of the software as a service models that we've traditionally used and the outsourcing approach, right, which uh, is convenient and effective at addressing other concerns. But as an entity, as a business, you really do need to know that 360 view of your client's behavior. And if that data is locked away in systems and doesn't let you connect it easily with other information you have about your client, then you're really limited to apply and use that data for the development of new product ideas, for the insight uh, any business can gain from understanding the sort of detailed client behavior. So I think it's, it's a move all organizations are recognizing. They need to own their data. In fact, we're seeing it at a sovereign level as well, aren't we? You know, the need that data is of such importance and the mastery of it understanding it, owning it, and being able to apply it to many use cases and make it open and accessible for invention, for research, and for more standard reporting and analysis requirements as well, I think is a foundational, a business foundation now. And I really liked what you said about the fact it's a journey. Absolutely it is. I do think there are some sort of fundamental shifts and maybe Tizzy, we, we might get onto those because I think you mentioned about organizations looking at things differently. And so did you, you know, looking at data differently. And so did you pair. But to your sort of question, Tizzy, about does it all have to be perfect and right first? Absolutely not. Nothing, nothing ever does. And there's an old expression about, you know, perfect is the enemy of good enough. You need to have real use cases that are transformative, things that you're doing that are unlocking the business opportunities. And a lot of those are fundamentally difficult with the old IT approaches. I mean, the need to be able to get hold of data quickly and to trust that data does require a bit of changing the way we look at how we manage data, the technology we use, and our attitudes to, you know, hey, once we've built it, it's done, right? Absolutely not. Pear mentioned some of these things around the advanced techniques and machine learning. And those introduce this challenge that we have that IT's traditionally not, not been very good at at all, which is once we've built it, it, it can still go wrong. And we need to then keep an eye on it. We need to maintain it. We need to ensure that those predictions are still accurate, that something hasn't changed. So, so actually, not only in the way we manage, store, and master data, 
but also in the way we then look after the, the, the systems we've built to give us insight has to be different in the future for us to be to be effective. Those are really excellent points, John. And something else that I want to pick up on more now, which is this organizational change, because often businesses still recognize or still view the data issue as a technical challenge, but it's really not, is it? This is very much an organizational challenge end to end. Well, yes. I mean, I'm of the opinion that's the case because I've tried to solve it a few different ways with technology and, uh, you know, it doesn't work. But then most things don't really work if you just try and solve them with technology, right? You know, technology is there to serve a purpose. And I'm a very big fan of customer-centric thinking, in, even in terms of, you know, the way we solve IT problems, the way we kind of deliver new capabilities to the business and putting the business, if you will, as the customer. So taking a product-centric view. And there, if you start looking at it from that perspective, and you start putting yourself into the position of an analyst, a sales analyst, uh, someone in marketing, someone in finance, and you say, what do you need out of data? And what would you like the experience to be? You get you get a very different view on the world than if you'd asked a traditional sort of IT shop or, or a business reporting shop. Right? So that's, that's that sort of first thing is to, I think, as an industry and as a provider of technology services, we need to be really clear on what the requirements are. Who are we trying to enable with data? I know it sounds basic. It's basically saying do good requirements capture, but thinking about their entire experience is the other thing. So with customer journeys and and customer-centric thinking, user experience thinking, it's not just can they get hold of data, but then what are the tools and the the capabilities we're giving for for that data to be easily analysed? So that's the first part is I think we need IT as an approach needs to solve these problems differently to serve the business well. The second area I think is that I find particularly interesting is that we've changed the regulation around data. Data is not the same as everything else, right? I mean, it is different. And the responsibility for us to use our data in the right way. Everyone's aware of data protection now, I think. We're all aware of personal data and the legislation that that sits around that to protect us as citizens. Large organisations that have a global presence will find themselves encountering multiple versions of those regulations, right? So the the, the need for large organisations to understand how to manage their risk that comes around data protection and data privacy. Again, it's maybe it's a, you, you'd find parallels into financial services, insurance, and uh, and other highly regulated industries. But now all industries that use customer data are finding themselves dealing with these sorts of regulations. And again, and it's not a traditional approach. You can't solve those kind of challenges with traditional IT approaches. And I think the, the one point I would make, and let me expand on what I mean by that. So the legal responsibility to ensure that the data is being used correctly, or that we're not either applying inappropriate analytics, that we're not exposing people's personal information inappropriately, that we're not bringing cohorts together inappropriately, that we're not introducing bias or any form of preferences that would be illegal, which easily can happen with machine learning and these new techniques. It's a real risk. So those sorts of concerns are no longer just IT concerns. And if you look at the penalties for failing to abide by the the, uh, data protection and privacy regulations, they are really significant. I think it is up to 4% of global revenue for organisations. I think it's up there. I might have got that wrong. It could be 10%, but I think it's 4%. 
So the way to manage those kind of risks, you can't just put that on IT. Right. The, the responsibility needs to very much sit with the owners of that data, those who own the business, and that, that is the business themselves. So again, it's demanding a different relationship between business stakeholders, business owners, who need to, this is where this term data as an asset sort of, I think, has come about a bit in, in, and is used quite often now, that that data that the business owns, that the, the organization owns, has to be seen as a business asset. And most business assets are owned by business people, not you know not the IT functions. And then, yeah. therefore, the relationship between business and IT needs to be different about how we manage that data and how we ensure it's safe and effective use. Yeah, you coined a really nice phrase earlier, actually, John, when I was speaking, when we were speaking previously, when you said, you know, how do you switch on the data for the business? I thought that was a really nice way of putting it. Yeah, and I just want to comment on on that. I fully agree on on your point there, John. And and I think what is increasingly becoming a topic for businesses when we're using data with the best intentions of creating a better experience for our customer, we need to constantly ask ourselves, will the customer accept the way that we are now using the data and the information that we know about her? So the ethics around how we're using data is more and more becoming a part of the discussion as well. And this is an area where if you go just two years back, the customers had one view of privacy that is fast changing now. So when we, when we are planning for how we want to use data, we need to as well predict how is customers perceiving the way we are using it and what are the ethics that we want to place on top of our way of using data. There's definitely a conversation in there about a customer demand for personalized experiences. We know that personalized experiences work well for businesses, but how do you remove that element of creepiness is is number one. <laughs> and and the second thing is if you can make an experience so seamless, so frictionless that you don't even notice it's personalized. You know, it's such a beautiful experience tailored to you that you you're almost not aware that it's happening. That's the gold standard, right? Yes. And the the creepiness in my view, and I think that there's already some good examples, the creepiness is, uh, is removed by being transparent about it. And you can be transparent about how you're using data as a business if you have taken the active decisions on how your ethics are on this. And then show it to the customer. And if they ask, what do you know about me? Then you, you show them and make them able to disconnect that information. So we're seeing examples now of e-commerce, large, large e-commerce companies that are just making that information available, saying that we know that you bought a certain product before. We know this and this. And the customer can say, that's fine. Thank you. I can see that the experience becomes better and more relevant by that knowledge. Or they can say, please don't record this and forget what you already know. So the transparency, I think, is one of the scenarios that we will see be followed. I just, I, I completely agree, wholeheartedly agree with that. And, and it's, a, it's a different way 
of organizations sort of representing it and, and, and sort of communicating their relationship with customers. I can't think of too many other examples where, where you're kind of providing that, that uh, transparency in that way and allowing you to, to sort of tailor the service you're offering to clients you know, and asking for their direction. I think one area way I've seen businesses try and take this on and, and try and manage this to some degree, and this isn't a technical response, but it's seeing data as a product in its own right. So rather, the, there's these terms, and I've used a few of them, and I hope, it, hope it's not too sort of buzzwordy, but there's the data as an asset concept, which is saying, well, look, it has value. That's great. But this concept that you'll hear of data as a product, which is that the data itself needs to be, so let's specifically let's talk about client data, customer data, and, and knowing how to that 360 view. Treating that as a product in as much as it has value and that it has various sort of uh, tailoring options, that it has a journey of its own, it has a roadmap of how we wish to enrich it and enhance it, and also allow the customer input into how we're going to use and design and, and develop that data product is something new, I think, when I look at the domain of data. So uh, product management thinking is, is being applied to data rather than just to kind of services and, and capabilities that, that we offer our clients. And I think that's something businesses um, is very much a business kind of opportunity to, and again, ties back to what you were saying, Tizzy, about it's not an IT problem, right? It's, it's about seeing data in a very different way. So we've had this great conversation We've brought up loads of brilliant points. And now for those people who are listening going, oh God, but how do I actually do this? Or how do we do this? You know, what are those first tangible steps? I'll come to you first, Per, and then we'll um, bring in you, John. But how should businesses approach a data transformation of this kind? And how can they make sense of that complexity or that increasing complexity as we now know? What are the tangible steps they should take to get started? I think, and, and this might sound too generic, but anyways, this starts with the ambition in the business strategy. You need to create the understanding of how we can utilize data to grow and to release opportunities within the market that the company is, uh, is working in. So it has to start in the business strategy. That's where we see that if you do that, then you get the right focus and get the understanding of the investment needed in order to create the transformation. Next step is then to create a data strategy. And I think one of the important parts of, of that is the strategy that puts you through that journey from the current state to a state where you can deliver that more and more personalized experience in all your touch points with, with your customers. And when you start planning that and planning that journey, there's three elements that becomes clearly involved here. One is the technology and reviewing the technology environment and the ecosystem that holds the customer data today and understand what is needed in terms of a roadmap to enable that journey towards personalization within the, the technology ecosystem. So that's one part. The other part is to, to design the organization to be data-driven and figure out where do we drive this data transformation. And many of the good examples I've seen is 
driven through a digital organization. It seems like the digital organizations are a good starting point. It's typically people who has recently been through a transformation because they have changed some of the channel setup that traditionally was in a company. So they've created a new digital channel, have grown that and have been through a transformation. So that's in many cases, people in the digital organization that are well fit for driving that next growth and change. And then there's different changes that need to be made and decisions on how to organize around a more data-driven uh, way of working. And the last part is in the processes that actually enable the business to act more data-driven. And that comes to how should the people that we hire for our stores, how should they act? How do we give them the right tools and processes to serve our customers with the knowledge of the data that we provide them with, to call centers, to marketing and so on. So that the three areas, the data ecosystem, the organizational structure and the processes, that's the three areas where we would start. So it comes down to that planning. Yeah. John, is there anything that you'd add to that? It is a great, great summary. And I think Pear just sort of brought together what could be in a small organization, a year's worth of work in a large organization. You know, from my personal experience, we've been working at something like that for, for many years. So I think it is spot on. You've got to understand the, the business desire and, you know, really clearly understand the opportunity from, from a sort of top of house. It's got to be that the leaders of the organization recognize that data is a foundation, you know, that, that differentiates them and gives them a competitive edge. And then to unpack that into really specific business outcomes and get really clear with any transformation program. And as I get sort of more older and more experienced, I, I sort of don't like transformations because I see business as permanent transformation. Yeah. Really. Yeah, you know, yeah. These are things that don't ever stop. I much prefer that concept of the roadmap or the journey. And obviously, you do need to spin up a, an initiative and have a bit of a North Star. It's probably an expression people are starting to hear, a, a target, a vision to, to move towards. But you're never going to reach it. Right? You're always going to be trying to uh, modernize and improve the way you, you serve your customers and obviously your employees with data. So for me, critically, is nail those first few use cases, those business opportunities, get really clear on the metrics and the KPIs that show that you're doing, that you're succeeding in that and drive forward your program of change and your evolution to deliver those and just keep adding those in and try not to turn it into too much of a, we've just got to build this whole new way of doing things and then everything, you know, all the opportunities get unlocked. No, it's very much an organic and evolutionary process. But data, if you're doing this right, you will start to see the, the the opportunities. You'll start to see the benefits on the top and bottom line, right? And so, so make sure you've got clarity on those and metrics that, that show that you're succeeding in that. And then look for business partners, look for organizations, look for technical partners who have got experience, who can help you. There's a lot of approaches that I personally don't think survive. They may achieve some of the outcomes to start with, 
but actually become a real impediment as you then continue to operate as a business. So you do need to sort of, I think, approach this sort of problem differently to a traditional IT project where we'll just build a solution and then we're done. I think it is a very different sort of nature of a problem. And we're always going to be adding more data. There's always new systems coming. There's always new insights that are going to be required. So recognizing that this sort of doesn't end (laughs) and designing to make change easy and simple without losing the quality I was speaking about at the beginning, I think is one of the, the key things to get right in any any kind of data strategy. What a perfect place to end. John, Pat, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to both of you and some really interesting topics, but also very helpful insights for companies and businesses who are considering embarking on this journey because as you say it very much is a long-term journey thank you again and i hope you will speak to you soon thank you thank you you've been listening to the latest transformation series from valtech cafe Hit subscribe to get access to our whole back catalogue of conversations. And if you'd like to know more about what we do, why not visit us at valtic.com for all the details. Until next time, thanks for listening.